What's up, everybody? I'm Scott. I'm Shatay, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze Podcast, where we believe that healing and wholeness are not destinations. That's right. We believe their journey, y'all. And here on the Love Haze, we always talk about how to navigate through it. Today, we're talking about the choices we make based on the hand that life has dealt us. Not only access, but privilege mm-hmm. that comes along with access. Mm-hmm. Many of us are blessed to have our basic needs met. Yeah. And so we need to learn how to practice empathy for yeah. those who don't have the same. Yeah. Welcome back to our Black Love Journey. Let's get right into it. Let's go. So, Mrs. Hayes, mm-hmm. how did we arrive at this topic? A while ago, it's so interesting that these things are coming back around for us. We, we wrote this down as something to unpack a minute ago. There is this series on Netflix. It's like a limited series on Netflix called You Don't Know Me. Right. Mm-hmm. And the actually we were annoyed that we watched all of it because the ending for me, it was like the ending is not short up with a, a, a nice little button and bow. Like mm-hmm. they have you choose which ending you want it to it to have. And I that just annoyed the crap out of me. But it's the I don't want to give the, the show away, but there is this relationship that ensues the girl goes missing Mm -hmm. she ends up doing some sketchy stuff like he finds her doing some sketchy stuff and she's doing it in support of her brother who's gotten in some trouble she's basically trying to pay off her brother's debt Mm -hmm. and dude's trying to like shake some sense into her like why are you doing this like this you know you're better than this whatever whatever and she says you're only a good person because your life has let you live that way and i was like oh that's deep. And it's very, very real, like very well written line, very nice, like just touched at the heart of life, it felt like. And so here we are unpacking it. So for me, that brought up like that is true. Um, it is interesting how, you know, folks can judge someone for mm-hmm. stealing for whatever choice it is that they make when really they're just trying to sustain, like they're just trying to live. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that we can talk about in terms of the environments that we've grown up in being a product of environment. And I think there's an exception to every rule, but generally speaking, people are just trying to live. Right. right. And so I don't get to judge someone for what they need to do to live when I'm over here with, you know, a place mm-hmm. to live, food to eat, even though it might not be, you know, a castle and a gated plate in a mansion with a feast. Like I at least know where my next meal is. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought that was a really um, profound line. I thought we should talk more about it. What, what came up for you when you heard it? I think very much so the um, idea of having uh, the privilege of having um, resources to be able to do the things that we want. Yeah. Uh, It makes me, think twice before I verbalize things about uh, people going to therapy or just doing the work, all of those things. Uh, And more than, and it it extends beyond finances for me. Um, Just knowing that not everybody has the same value system that Mm -hmm. you have. Mm -hmm. A part of that is privilege. The way that I've been able to evolve into the man that I've become, Mm -hmm. the way that we've been able to evolve into the couple that we've become, Mm -hmm. it is thanks to therapy. It is thanks to having open-mindedness. It is thanks to, you know, some of the things that we've been through that put us at an impasse that um, allowed us to have the choice to, you know, use our resources to access some things that could help us. And 
we say so often, I think, freely, and not just us, I mean, I think all people mm-hmm. say things like, just go to therapy, yeah. just do your work, yeah. just da 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 da. And everybody doesn't have the same level of access. Everybody doesn't have the same level of resolve. Everybody hasn't evolved to the point where you have and I have evolved to to be able to just do something. Mm-hmm. And it makes me understand um, how privilege really works. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it, it really brought up the larger conversation for me and some of the stuff I feel like we need to in, uh, unpack in, mm-hmm. in this episode. It's not even that folks haven't evolved to. Everybody's at a different starting line. Starting line. That's, mm-hmm. that's where the conversation about equity, that's what equity actually really is. Mm-hmm. So in order for someone... What it would take for us to be at the point where we want to invest in therapy and be able to even have the mental capacity and emotional capacity to even want to do therapy. But that's a different starting line than someone who is, you know, um, just a job, not necessarily a career. Um, the expenses of their life are more than the money that they make that they're bringing mm-hmm. in. They're supporting kids. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, mm-hmm. that's a different starting line. And so they, they are really just trying to figure out how am I going to feed my family? Mm-hmm. So the idea of therapy is like, I, I don't even have space for that. Mm-hmm. And so, or maybe time if you work in three jobs. Right. Right. So it's not, when I say space, I mean, not just time, like that's not even where their mind is probably. Mm-hmm. Right. And so okay. we have grown up such that, our parents, we talk about this sometimes, like we might say to our families, like, y'all need to go to therapy, da, 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 da. But also they lived their life, like because of the way that mm-hmm. they live, we are able to start at a position of like, Absolutely. okay, I have my basic mm-hmm. needs met. I was able to go to college, however that looked like, even though it was like a struggle and I had to have mm-hmm. scholarships or whatever it was, I was able to do that. My family made it possible for me to do that. And now mm-hmm. here I am sitting on like the work that they they did to help me get mm-hmm. here saying, Absolutely. y'all need to go to therapy. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that's 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 a privilege for us it to is. be, you know. Mm-hmm. I think also it is um, very selfish of us to to do that. Uh, I don't think it's it's selfish to desire for, yeah. you know, your family unit to be better mm-hmm. and for them to, you know, um go and do some of the work that you've had the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. I think it comes from a good place, yeah, it does. you know, but I think we have to be careful with the things that we say to people um, from the, from the, the privileged place of access. Yeah. Uh, and when we're not careful with that, I think that we can do more harm than, than good. So a part of our, um, a part of our drive is to be able to even have this platform to be able to share information and you know sometimes my mom would like secretly watch the episodes mm-hmm. and call me and be like I heard what you said and <laughs> and you know understanding that and we take time to have the conversation around like not that you did anything bad as a parent like you did what you could do with your level of understanding and I absolutely love you for it mm-hmm. and it is also understanding I think that that we have that when we become parents um we will all we will also make some mistakes that will impact our children, mm-hmm. and that's part of the conversation I get to have with my mom when she calls and she's not so happy that some about something that I may have said about her or my dad or our upbringing. That you know, we will make our own mistakes. It is just a recognition of some things that we had that maybe didn't work the best for us. But even still, I understand for her. It, I'm I'm happy that you know they imparted what they did to us so that we could have this 
level of access. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, you know, a judgment or, um, you know, any condemnation mm-hmm. on them because, you know, they use their resources to help me get to this point. I recognize mm-hmm. that and I love my my parents and my people for what mm-hmm. they did for us. Mm-hmm. You know? Has it come up in any other ways in your personal life? I think for me, what what I'm thinking about now is like just access to education, for example, um, and being able to have access to growing up. My my parents put us in a private school. And when people hear the word private school, there's always this kind of thought like there could have been this pretension around mm-hmm. it. But we went to our first private school was this very small Black private school, Catholic school, one class per grade, right? Mm-hmm. So when I say my eighth grade class was like 10 people, wow. <laughs> like tiny, maybe 300 students in the whole school. And it was pre-K through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So, um, but even still, my parents were able to pay for us to go there because mm-hmm. the schools that we were zoned to weren't the best ones, like didn't mm-hmm. have offer the best educational experience for, for us. And we know, like, especially living here in America, like better education unlocks more opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Like when people talk mm-hmm. about realizing the American dream, a lot of that is tied to your educational experiences. So for me to be able to go through, go to private school from sixth grade to 12th grade. So after that small one, I finished in eighth grade, was able to go to a, a even better high school mm-hmm. that was a private school and then to be able to go to one of the top HBCUs, right? One um, of the top. It's been the top. I was trying to be humble, but <laughs> no, since you wanna, you wanna go there. <laughs> About what, fifteen years in a row, we've been the number one HBCU. Shout out to Spelman College. So there, sir. But to be able to go there, that's not lost on. <laughs> that's not lost on me. You know what I mean? Um, that not everybody has that. Not even everybody in my family. As an education, the other thing that comes up in terms of the education conversation, my generation is among some of the first. I think more yeah. of us in my generation even mm-hmm. went to college and graduated. You think about my mom's generation, I think it was really only her and one auntie that mm-hmm. graduated from college. And my mom didn't even have a situation like she she's had to work her entire life since she was like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she went to college, but couldn't afford it, left, not had me not too long after like what in her mid twenties and didn't finish. She finished when I was in high school because she Mm -hmm. wanted me to see that it was possible to finish. Do you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. her and one auntie have finished college. So it was just me and some cousins that were among the first ones, like finish college and even go beyond college to additional education. So all of that is very much privilege, you know? Mm -hmm. Same, same with my mom. She was, you know, the, the one in the family that that went to and finished college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I may have had one other aunt that you know went to like some trade school mm-hmm. kind of, and they they found their own career paths, not better than mm-hmm. or anything like that. But college was a value system, and you know there was an understanding that there was a level of um, privilege associated mm-hmm. with that, a level mm-hmm. of access. It didn't always look like what we thought it would look like because there was some pushback from, you know, other uh, cousins and that kind yeah. of stuff. Like they think they better than and that That's kind of thing. That's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation, <laughs> you know. And I think that, uh, you know, sometimes even um, in what had been my ungratefulness, I was upset about the pushback 
from the others because I wanted to be like, you know, this other thing. I wanted a level of acceptance belonging. and belonging yeah. even in that. And I uh, had to find my own path. And so, you know, there there are levels, you know, to this and all that. But um, I think it helps me to be able to find empathy when I understand that um, everybody doesn't have the same level of access that you have, mm-hmm. uh, that my parents worked hard for us to be able to have that access. Mm-hmm. But also it pushes me to want to be a better person. Yeah. Uh, I want access yeah. for everybody, you know, and their choice what they do with the access is their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sidebar on what you just mentioned in terms mm-hmm. of belonging and things, I think a part of this, and especially in context of the show, you don't know me in terms of access, it's like systems that lead to infighting. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you think about ghettos or this situation with our family, like a, a good bit of this is systemic racism, oppression, all of those things, mm-hmm. the systems that were set up for, for only a specific few, a certain right. few mm-hmm. to, to make it. And so if we've been able to either navigate the system or play by the rules to actually, you know, achieve some level of movement. And then for those who were still around that weren't able to do the same things, mm-hmm. the infighting that ensues when mm-hmm. really it's like, we're coming at each other, but it's really the system that was mm-hmm. set up. So you think about, even when you talk about at work, you've had to say to your coworkers, like, we're just, we're infighting, but really it's because the leadership right. and the systems here, the operational systems here mm-hmm. aren't set up to like support us in the right way. So we end up just attacking each other. Right. Very much the case in this situation here. If you think about some of the crime, gang violence, people just like trying to stake their claim on like whatever is available, the limited resources that are available, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're just coming for each other. So. But I I think, um, you know, black on black crime, uh, I think this kind of infighting, I think conversations around mental health, I think all of those things end up being crimes of proximity. Yeah. When we lash out against, we're lashing out against those people who are closest to us Mm -hmm. and we feel like can hear us Mm -hmm. because we don't know how to deal with what it is that we may be feeling in the moment. Uh, and you're just attacking the person that's closest to you. Yeah. Um, even with me having learned how to play by the rules and use the system that was in place to, and understanding that a level of my privilege and a level of my access came from my parents knowing how to navigate that system and in turn teaching me how to navigate that system. There is still a a great portion of me who will use that education to dismantle that system that Mm -hmm. didn't allow other people who look like me to have access. Mm -hmm. I believe that we need to have universal access to mental health care. Mm -hmm. Uh, It should not be something that people only have access to uh, when they are in already in prison systems yeah. or when they shouldn't, their first contact with a social worker shouldn't be when they're fighting to get their children back yeah. because they don't have finances to, and they've had to choose between uh, if I'm going to have my child do, you know, do their homework in the light or if I'm going to put food on the table and they yeah. choose food. So now somebody's coming in and take your kids away because the lights weren't on and they don't have a bath or whatever. This is not because people are bad people. It is, it is about access. Mm-hmm. So if I get my 
my education and then don't do the work of dismantling systems that don't allow for access, then to me, I have felt that what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do, this is not a system to help my children get access, mm-hmm. you know, to get what they need. It is so that we can dismantle systems that say um, that access and college and all of those things are only for a certain group of people. Mm. Uh, it used to be really big on using terms like the talented 10th. Mm. And I don't do that anymore mm-hmm. because that ain't what it is. Yeah. It is um, bigger than us. I want access for more than just uh, the 10th of us who are supposed to be the best of. I believe that we all are the best of with access, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with, equality with um inclusion with all of those things and my pushback well i'll get into that a little bit later you know the feelings that i have about dei initiatives and all of that that don't have any level of access but anyway Mm -hmm. yeah um so i guess we're kind of moving into um the haze Mm -hmm. itself of exercising empathy how do you find empathy for other people and not just around finances, around everything? Mm-hmm. I think the haze is just remembering, not mm-hmm. forgetting however you want to say it. Because I think the beauty of our stories, if I even think about just the what I just mentioned in terms of educational access, the beauty of the story is we can see generation by generation how we, my family, I'll speak specifically, is improving. I know um, how my grandmother and great grandmother lived. Like I know, I know those areas of town. I know how their children lived, and then I see every generation just trying to get better, like do better mm-hmm. than their mm-hmm. parents did. And that's not lost on me. And so, you know, pe- you hear people say like, "Never forget where you came from," or you know, it's important to stay humble, stay grounded. My grandfather, uh, Poppy, would always mention that, like. You know, it's important to, I don't know if it's like just community service or just to stay in the neighborhoods or the hood, mm-hmm. as people say it, because mm-hmm. not not necessarily stay in it, but stay connected to it, go around. He used to always go to um, this community center called Shape, and they have this like um, co-op with fruits and veggies and a really great library. He needs to like not live over there, but like just go over there. And it's like, it keeps you connected. It keeps you, it reminds you, Right where you came from. So I think the haze is, or I don't know if it's the haze. I know the risk is that when you, when you start to get some level of success or move or evolve and you run the risk of like forgetting where you mm-hmm. came from and that makes it easier for you to judge people. So I can sit out and judge somebody for, I don't know, whatever it is that they were judging. You know, the, the, I think in this movie, the brother was in jail and got caught up in drugs or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy to, to be like, why would you sell drugs? Or like, why would mm-hmm. you make that choice? Um, if you feel like you're so far removed from it. Mm-hmm. And why would you, it's easy from access to your resources mm-hmm. from what you know that you have mm-hmm. to be able to say, why didn't you make a different choice yeah. when people don't understand that they have a different choice? Yeah. Like this is, this is the resource that I have. So the young lady, I think made a choice based on what she thought she, yeah. the resource she had to use oh, to, had, you know, yeah. and we have to do that. Um, you know, the haze, um, for me of exercising empathy is knowing that there is a portion of the work that I have to do 
And um, that's not even the hard part of it. It is understanding that if things are still the same and I'm complaining about them being the same, then there's a portion of the work that I haven't done. So like you were talking about popping, I cracked a smile um, just remembering that. Cause I remember going to grandmother's house and looking at like pictures of Poppy and him being honored at that community center and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, with access comes responsibility, like to whom much is given, much is required. Right. If we are not doing the work to go back and change our communities and change the landscape and all that kind of stuff. And for me, it is just about where your place is, where your expertise is. So for me, um, I find empathy for uh, particularly those uh, people, black folk, black men who are dealing with mental health issues, um, issues that I have experienced in my line of work, issues that I have experienced personally. And knowing that there are other people who look like me, men who are going through things. Um, that I went through, that if I don't use my story to help open the gate to bring people in, if we don't do this podcast, if I don't have um, man to man, like what is coming up in March, if I don't do that portion of the work, then how dare I get my healing and have my access and not share that information with other people? Mm-hmm. The haze of that for me is the work that you're supposed to do that is a result of your story and result of the the access that you've been able to gain. I hear that. And I, I agree. So I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. I guess my, my comment would be around language. When we say the work that there is to do, that could be a little intimidating for some people who mm-hmm. might be like, well, I have no desire to have a platform. I have no desire to do X, Y, and Z. That seems a little like a leadership Mm-hmm. Uh, capacity. And so what I would I would do is just shift the language and saying, yes, it part of it is work, but I think it's just being the change, right? That feels mm-hmm. that feels a little cliche to even say. But in terms of um our whole aim in even having these conversations is to affirm and empower yeah. the black community. We want you to know that there is another choice you can make that you are enough, that you're not alone, right? Those mm-hmm. things. So even, even though it is work in a certain sense, it's also just being the mm-hmm. inspiration. It's also just sharing my story so you can know you don't have to go through the same thing. Or if this worked for me, maybe it'll work for you too. It is just showing up in those spaces. And so um, in, in terms of, I'm thinking like community service, I don't know if you want to call that work or just like being Right. Being, mm-hmm. I guess, what we needed when we were coming up, just mm-hmm. being that, I think, so that someone doesn't get intimidated by the word like, oh, there's work for me to do. And what I don't know what to do. And I can't start a podcast. I can't start a business. I can't do that. It's just like, what can who can you be right now in your spaces and who mm-hmm. can you inspire and empower around you? And I think there's there's there's, there's levels to that as well. Like your your impact or whatever your contribution is. Mm-hmm. I think that like it that is word. important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it's important to figure out like how that exists, whether it is on a 
person to person level, mm -hmm. whether it is on a community level or whether it's on a national stage. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, my profession, we call that micro level, meso level and macro level. Mm -hmm. Micro level is like person to person. Mm -hmm. If you have one child that you're going to go and you're going to talk to or you're going to read books out of school mm -hmm. or whatever that may mm -hmm. look like for you, mm -hmm. you you do what you can do on the level that you can achieve it and allow that to be enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, not everybody is, is, is going to be able to have a podcast or to be able to do this work or whatever it is. Uh, I think that our desire really is my desire is for me to impact, um, change on the level that I can impact mm -hmm. it on. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful to have the access and the resources to be able to even sit here in my living room, have a couple of lights set up <laughs> and to be able to have these conversations, right? It is an understanding that I have the time off of my job to do that. Mm -hmm. I have um, the partnership that I have with you. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, you know, a little bit of dough. So, you know, we can get a couple things from Amazon and, and set it up and do those things. And mm -hmm. not everybody has that. But there is change that you can impact on the level mm -hmm. that you can impact it on. I think when I say the work and I understand that language matters. So I'm open to changing that language. Um, when I when I say the work or the your portion it is that you do something mm -hmm. with the lessons that you've learned. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly believe, uh, and I recognize that I have to use an I statement here. I believe that the things that we go through are not just for us. Mm -hmm. Right. So it mm -hmm. is about, you know, what you're going to pass along. So people don't have to experience that in the same way that you experienced. It. Yeah. You know, I don't, I just don't want to be a person who, gets my healing and gets my access and gets the things that I need and be like, well, good luck mm -hmm. sucker. You get it the best way you can. Mm -hmm. I don't want to celebrate my, Oh, I got it out the mud. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, that's cool. But you know, at what point do we start to build bridges? Yeah. You know, that is, that is what you do with privilege. When I think about white privilege and those things, if people want to be allies, uh, if you want to be an ally uh, to help fight, Racism, if you want to be an ally to help fight against social injustice, if you want to be an ally to help uh, increasing knowledge about mental health, then you use your privilege to do so. Yep. You use your privilege, you use your access, you, you use the things that you have that other people don't to help open those doors. Mm -hmm. And that is what our duty is. Yep. Services is the rent that we pay. Mm hmm you know, for this level of privilege. If you take your privilege and you don't do anything with it, but prosper yourself and your family, then it's not only selfish, but I think it's not what we're here for. That's not the point. Yeah. Would you say that's like the main ways to navigate? I guess we were talking about the haze of exercising empathy. Would you say that is a way like by being the change, doing your portion, or is there some other parts of that? I, I, I think it's both. And uh, I think it is being the change, but also learning more about what the obstacles are for people. Uh, zeroing in yep. on, on what it is that you can do in small part or in large part, you know, just to contribute to the change that you want to see. It is not, you know, sitting around drinking wine, talking about I saw this thing and oh, my God, what a shame. I can't believe those people, 
You know, I can't believe what I saw on the news and that they're living that way. What you doing about it? Mm -hmm. If you ain't doing nothing about it except talking about, you know, the people, then to me, you're part of the problem. And the, the navigation for me is like being a person who does my own research and tries to connect with organizations who may already be doing some of this or someone who can give me some guidance if I don't know where to start. With all parts of this work, I don't know what else I could be doing, but I hear from people who say, hey, I got somebody you could connect with who's also doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe y'all can link up and talk. You know, uh, navigating is just figuring out how I can be better and be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. I think number one that I would say 100% is just learning. I think the more you're familiar with someone's story or their experience, then that gives you um, the tools that better equips you to be empathetic. Mm -hmm. So I can judge something from afar, but in, until I'm up close with it, until I know the story, until I'm able to feel the story, until I'm able to experience or at least, at least understand the experience, then it allows me to go from like sympathy to empathy, right? So I can mm -hmm. be sympathetic with someone who, um, I know we talk about empathy for a good bit, being, you know, a single woman who who is like looking at someone talking about like trying to have babies, for example. So I'm unmarried, <laughs> not trying to have babies yet, but can hear someone say like, oh, they've gone through a miscarriage or they are trying to get pregnant and they're not able to. I can sympathize with them, mm -hmm. right? I can really understand. Mm -hmm. I can I can feel a sadness for their sadness, right? Mm -hmm. I can like, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. But until I ex am experiencing it, if until I'm more familiar with the story, until I am now on this side, going through my own fertility journey, knowing what it's like to long for children and for whatever reason it not happen the way on our timeline and the mm -hmm. way we want it to. Now I intimately know that experience. And so now I can act, I can absolutely like empathize with that. I don't think that there's necessarily a way to empathize with everyone's experience across the board. Everyone's lived experience is going to be different. And even though I might not be able to empathize with someone who has to sell drugs in order to get by, I do know what it's like to not have enough money to like, live the way I want to mm -hmm. live. I do know what it's like to like only have enough money to buy a certain type of food from a certain section of a grocery store. Like mm -hmm. I do understand that. I do understand hardship. I do understand struggle. And so I'm going to match that part of my lived experience with that part of their lived experience. And mm -hmm. that gives me a, a, diff a different level of understanding and seeing them as a human being. Mm -hmm. um, just going back to that idea that we are not our actions. We like, we are, we are bigger than our bottoms. We are bigger mm -hmm. than you know, what we may have done and like trying to find a point of connection with someone as a human being is, yeah. I think, how we navigate, like finding our way towards more empathy. I think that kind of pushes us into the next point of like um, what we've learned about access and privilege. And I think one of the things that I've learned about access and privilege is that I don't want to be a person who throws on my cape and swoops in yeah, to go and save yeah. people. Sometimes you need to go in and shut your damn mouth and learn mm -hmm. and ask people what it is they, they need, need. Yes. to be able to help build the bridge. Yep. Right. Because if you go in waving your money and waving your healing around and all of those things, let me help it, you. Right. Like let, me. let me, let me help you. Let me help you use your words. Let me, let, let me, yeah. let me show you how to get to therapy. Let me, no, nah, people don't need that. You, you have to go in and, you know, meet people where they are. Yeah. And have the conversations around what is needed 
to uh, help them. Yeah. Um, because what's important to me is not necessarily important to other folks. Mm -hmm. What can I do to impact change where you are? Uh, I was talking earlier about, you know, a parent having to make a decision. And um, my first job out of grad school was working for um, in Alabama. It's called the Department of Human Resources here. It's called Defects. Mm -hmm. And they had paid a portion of my grad school tuition and I'm supposed to pay them back in a year's worth of time. I quit that job in six months mm -hmm. because I hated the idea of having to be a person who swooped in and told people what they had to do in order to keep their children, mm -hmm. to be able to tell them you made a wrong choice when you decided food over lights, mm -hmm. right? And not to be coming with any other solution other than saying you did it wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I hated the idea that I got to my six month evaluation. I ain't have no money. I ain't have no job. They said, um, what do you plan to do in the next six months that will improve your performance? And I said, quit. <laughs> and the lady had gone on to the next question. And the lady I was sitting in with her was just like, wait, he said, quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was done. I have a job, went to my mama's house, and that was it. <laughs> because I, I just could not do it. I could not fathom that I did, even though I, didn't, I had not fully realized who I was as a social worker and my humanity and everything that was important to me in that moment would not let me do that job another day. Probably the, the dumbest thing I've ever done as far as it relates to like quitting a job and not have another, but even being able to go to my mama house and be like, I ain't got no that's job. Privilege. That was privileged, yeah, that's privilege. you know, to be able to do that and be okay. And I was able to eat that night I've and moving before, forward, I've done that before, you know, too. I understand that as well, but I just, I couldn't do that. Right. Knowing that you don't go in um, and try to find out where a person is in my work now. As much as some of my clients get on my nerves, when we first meet, when we set up their treatment plan and establish their goals, I ask them what their goals are. Mm -hmm. And I literally, in their treatment plan, put quotations around what they've said is important to them mm -hmm. regarding the goals that we're going to partner to work on during the 90 days of treatment that yeah. they're there. Because if I write down their goals, then that's what I'm going to work on yeah. and we'll clash every time. Because if it's not important to you, then what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't want to put my cape on and come and save, you know, uh, the peons who mm -hmm. need it, right? I want to be a person who is able to partner in whatever it is and whatever it looks like for you, even if that's something that's not directly related to what I thought I was there for. Mm -hmm. I'm there to use my privilege and my access to help you get maybe this um, prerequisite met. So you can get to the other space. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is a part of um, allowing people access and to help them get, you know, what it is that they need. So they may even be able to think about addressing this other issue. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the part of it. So what, what do you think about that part? What have you learned about access and privilege that you haven't maybe already covered? I think we've said it all. I have had your exact same lived experience in terms of like just knowing that this job, this this is not it and mm -hmm. I'm going to quit. And again, also go to my mom's house or an uncle's house and, and be okay. That is very much privilege. I mean, my heart just goes out to, to my community. I We are not a monolith. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what I could add to this conversation. I know that we are not a monolith. We all have different experiences, even though 
we all have similar uh, struggles, similar experiences in terms of, and I'll speak specifically for Black America, like similar Black American experiences, um, racism across the board, how this company was, this company, how this, well, it is a company, right? (laughs) How the country was built and racism in terms of redlining, like where you can live, where you can go to school, what it means to be free, interactions with the police, like all of those things to a certain extent are very similar. Even when we talk about our children, getting them into the upper echelons of educational experiences, you know how much like microaggressions and racism, like Mm -hmm. we experience as black people when we get into some of those spaces. And so it is, I guess what I'm saying here is like, access and privilege are so nuanced, right? Because even though you get to another level, there is, and I'm still speaking for, against the system of white white supremacy, child, I can speak, white supremacy, Mm -hmm. there still will be a level of of, um, something that we all Mm -hmm. experience, no matter how how high ranking or how far along or how successful, mm-hmm. how much of the American dream we've realized. I think as long as the system of white supremacy is still there until we dismantle that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm thinking about Stevie Wonder. One day we'll all be free. Ooh. Mm. Uh, I feel like your song just changed. <laughs> like right then I'm I saw it just changed. It. I'm adding it. Let me tell you how songs just dropping my spirit, y'all. Yeah. We are, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's that's necessary. I guess it is a learning that, you know, mm-hmm. I've learned that we're not a monolith, that it's nuanced, that there's levels to it. And um, to your earlier point, I think it's just important for us to just see each other as human beings and then do our very best to try to, um, I don't know if it's even the playing field. I don't know if it's, yeah, just, just give back uh, in whatever ways that we can. I think also, you know, what you were saying earlier about, you know, the, the hay sometimes being to remember. Um, I've seen so many people like use their their privilege and their access to get enough power to be able to uh, discriminate against someone mm. else. And that is not what I believe that we access power uh, for, that we get ours for, uh, to even, you know, to have enough just to be able to discriminate against somebody else. It is so that we can open doors for people. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it can happen, mm-hmm. right? That we have a choice to make mm-hmm. about what we will do with our access, about what we will do with our privilege. Mm-hmm. And if we are not like doing the work of remembrance, doing the work of healing along the way, you can choose one of those two roads. Either I will use my privilege and my access to be able to discriminate or harm others. I will use my access and my privilege to be able to lift other people up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when people are working from a place of trauma and haven't gotten their healing, you will believe that there's not enough. So I need to keep somebody else down because if everybody get up here, what are we going to do? You know, so it is the work of remembering Uh, our why and it is also the work of doing our own healing along the way crabs in a barrel both of those things what just came up when you said that oh somebody said crabs in a barrel um the other day and i heard somebody say something that i I just want to grab on to there even when i think about the the 
idea of crabs in a barrel uh, and, you know, what they say about us sometimes being crabs in a barrel. When you think about it, crabs being in a barrel, that's not their natural habitat. Mm. So when you're not in your natural habitat, you're you're hyper focused on trying to escape. Mm. If that is a prison for you, I'm trying to figure out how to get the hell out of this prison. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not that I um, have anything against you trying to get my ass up out of here. Right. So we can even that is a matter of perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. If I'm saying it's just crabs in a barrel, but we ain't supposed to be in no barrel. It's not our natural habitat. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be free. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a barrel, I'm trying to get up out of this thing. So anyway, mm. I just brought that to mind. That's real. Yeah, because no one's ever, I've never heard it talked about like that. The The focus is always like, you know, when one crab's trying to get out, the other one's trying to pull them back down. But like, what's the, alter- the alternative? Like, right. stay down here. And right. This- We're supposed to stay down here. Yeah, this is not this where I thrive anyway. Mm-hmm. I want to act a fool. Yeah. Up in this hill barrel. I ain't supposed to be in no damn barrel in the first That's place. That's an interesting perspective. Even that lends more empathy to just the act of being one of the crabs pulling somebody back down. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective. So all of it really is just about shifting your perspective, mm-hmm. right? All of life, I think, is about shifting perspective in some way. That was really good. Yeah. So speaking of, and now that I know that it's changed. <laughs> it hasn't changed. You're adding I'm to I'm adding. Okay. So, what is our music for the moment? Yes. So... The one that I had planned for this conversation is Juicy, a biggie. That's what it's big. And the reason I chose that song is like even at the top of, to me, the whole song is about empathy. It's about understanding somebody's lived experience. The mm-hmm. whole top of the song before he even gets to his bars, he's like, this is for, you know, people who call the cops on me when I was just trying to make enough money to feed my, my daughter, boy. you know? Um, and so throughout the song, his all of his lyrics, like, this is what I dreamed of. This is what I got now. Um, and even in the chorus, like right before it starts every time, if you don't know, now you know. He's like mm-hmm. really sharing, like, this is why I made the choices that I made. Mm-hmm. Because my life was set up this way. Considered a fool because I dropped out of high school. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just doing what you have to do to survive. And now we sip champagne on Thursday. You know, hey. like, so that I thought was like, oh, yes, this is like the heart of what we're talking about. Just understanding people. Um, we can't, you know, being the person who's calling the cops on somebody selling drugs, mm-hmm. I can understand not wanting drugs to be sold around your doorstep. Mm-hmm. And also, like, let me understand, like, why is this person, what is it such that our neighborhood, like, what type of systemic situation has is caused, like, right. this condition in our neighborhood specifically? And I don't know what you do. Like, even if you understand it, I don't know what it is that you do to help be part of the solution. But you know, he was like, this is this is why I am the way that I am. If you don't know, now you know. So that was great. And then I hope it's Stevie Wonder, my credit in the right. You know what song I'm talking so. about? Mm-hmm. One day. We'll, um, be free. Free. Yeah, yeah, that, that one. I'm going to have to find the exact song of it. But uh, that feels like what, where we ended up. You know, we started off talking about like access and privilege, but it kind of ended up in terms of the conversation of systemic oppression, and, mm-hmm. you know, white supremacy, like just the idea of being free. Is, is I think what we're all striving here. And I would even just say, just free in our minds and our spirits and our emotions, like yes, physical freedom, but just like free to just be, right. be who we want to be, live how we want to live, like free to exist mm-hmm. um, and thrive, I think. Yes, and thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's up. We all good? Anything else to add to the convo? Nah, man, we did this thing. Turn up. 
Well, I want my people to be free, to be free, to be free. Come on, we're gonna add most death. Jumped up in my spirit too. Eh? I think we've had that though. Most death. Yeah, we have that on the playlist already. Yumi says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 We got a fire playlist, y'all. Find it. Yeah, Real it podcast, music for the moment. Music for the moment. You if better get up on it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bars. <laughs> <laughs> if you're joining from YouTube. We invite you to like this video, subscribe to our channel. You'll get notifications when we uh, release our newest episodes every two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're everywhere else, so Amazon, iHeart, Google, Apple, Spotify, yeah. all the places, wherever you stream your favorite podcast, that's where we are. So uh, like rate us, follow. You can follow us on the Love Haze uh, mm-hmm. on IG and, and Facebook as well. Just join the conversation, journey with us. We, um, we're processing life out loud. We're unpacking things, not as teachers, but just like this is what we think. This is what's worked for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll inspire and work for you too. We're just here to mm-hmm. affirm and empower your wholeness as well as our own. And like we always say, life will life life was always going to present us with a haze, but we have everything that we need within us to navigate through it. The most important thing is that you're not alone. Um, Join us next time. We appreciate you joining us this time, too. Just know that we're going to take this journey together. All right? Peace, y'all. Holla. Holla.